Welcome to Jaffa Space, a podcast about the world of Jewish outdoor food, farming, and environmental education, or as we like to call it, Jaffe. In this two-part series, we will be taking a look at the Hazon Israel Rides. Join Nigel Savage, Hazon's founder and CEO, along with other Hazon educators from the National Programs Team, for an immersive workshop sampling different elements of Hazon's programming, including the Breed Hazon, Hazon's Seal of Sustainability, the Jewish Youth Climate Movement, and food rescue work in Detroit. For more information about the Israel Ride, please visit israelride.org. Registration is now open for 2021. Join us October 19th through the 26th, 2021, for five days of riding from Jerusalem to Eilat, all in support of the crucial sustainability and peacebuilding work of Hazon and the Arava Institute. This episode is brought to you by Helmets. Because a yarmulke alone is not large or sturdy enough to protect your noggin while riding through the Holy Land. Helmets. Who knew? My name's Nigel Savage, um, and I'm CEO of Chazan. And this is a panel in which we want to give everybody a little bit of a sense of some of the different people who are involved in Chazan, some of the different programs. The question that, dis- that stands behind all of Chazan's work is what do we do when we're burning up the world and nobody has enough time, and nobody has enough money, and nobody knows what to do. And Jewish tradition very famously says, we're not required to complete the task, but neither can we desist from it. And so from its very beginnings, Chazan has been about turning Jewish life outwards to try and make a more sustainable world for everybody and to strengthen Jewish life in the process. In the time that we've existed, the climate crisis has actually gotten worse And we've developed greater clarity about what it is that we're trying to do. The deepest level, everything that this organization is doing is aiming over the next 10 years in really changing the nature of organized Jewish life. So that if 10 years from now you walk into a Jewish institution anywhere, it will be absolutely clear that to be Jewish is to work for a more sustainable world for everybody. Um, But how do we do that? Well, there's no one way to do it. Um, We have to use different leverage points. We have to leverage Jewish tradition. We have to leverage great people and leadership. We have to focus on individuals and institutions and the wider community. And so I'm really thrilled this evening to welcome some of the people who are involved in some of the really different programs uh, that that Chazan does in the world. Um, We're gonna begin with one of our newest initiatives and truthfully one of the most exciting and that's the Jewish Youth Climate Movement. It arose actually because some of us who are no longer teenagers were really impressed by Greta Thunberg and really inspired by her and really provoked by her. And we said, shouldn't we be trying to find some of the Jewish teenagers who care deeply about these issues and simply as quote unquote grownups offer them some support, some frame, some way of connecting so that they themselves can start to frankly knock down the doors. And so I'm happy now to, um, to introduce Liana Rothman, who staffs the Jewish Youth Climate, hang on a minute, who staffs the Jewish Youth Climate Movement uh, and, and who herself is no longer a teenager, but, not, but closer to me a teenager than I am, and Tali Dina, who's one of our student leaders in JYCM. And I wanna hand over to the two of you in some combination to introduce yourselves. And I don't know who wants to go first, but I, 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 I wanna, Tally, if you wanna go first to introduce, invite you to say a little bit about who you are and where you are and how you got involved. And Leanna, I invite you to add anything that, that you would like to. Tally, you're up. Hello, um, I'm Tally Diener. I'm a high school senior. I live in Green Rapids, Michigan. Um, and I am really excited to be here and I feel really drawn to this work with JYCM and Hazon and the greater climate movement because time is running out and it's really scary, but I know that the more time I spend doing things that will help fix the problem, the better I feel and the better off the world is. Okay, I can just jump in quickly and then I'll actually pass it back to Tali. She's prepared a short uh, brief presentation for everyone just to get a little bit of a more uh, better sense of what the Jewish Youth Climate Movement is. So I'm Liana, I'm the National Programs Coordinator for Chazon and the co-founder of the Jewish Youth Climate Movement along with uh, Rabbi Isaiah Rothstein. 
and we, yeah, just I, are so thrilled about the way that JYCM is is turning into a really uh, important and meaningful and and inspiring sort of both launching pad and um, really rocket ship for teams around the country to organize together and share resources and connect and feel like they are both in it together with each other and really being supported by us at Chazon and Jewish institutions around the country. So I will pass it back to Tali to present. And Tali, are you able to share your screen? Do you wanna? Okay. Hi, sorry, I was muted. Um, hello, everyone. Can you see my screen? Okay, perfect. Um, once again, uh, I'm Tali, and I'm so excited to be here tonight. Um, so let's get started. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the, as Liana said, the Jewish Youth Climate Movement was founded by Hazon in 2020. Um, we're dedicated to mitigating climate change by empowering youth, mobilizing our communities, and taking action. Um, and we do this because we believe in using our Jewish values as a motivation to create a more equitable and sustainable world for everyone. Um, so what we do, um, we work with and we are youth age 13 through 18 who are passionate about our Jewish identities and creating a healthier and more sustainable world. Um, in many ways, we're a part of the youth climate movement that's been in the national and international news, but also, we're becoming an, a driving force for climate action in the US Jewish community. Um, we're creating a grassroots movement of Jews who understand our stake in the climate crisis and feel compelled to organize against it in an effective, coordinated, and sustained way. We are becoming the moral leaders of the climate movement, and we're bringing everyone we know and love along with us. Um, so who are we? Uh, we're Jewish youth all across the country. Uh, working together uh, using our Jewish values to create a sustainable and equitable world. And one of the amazing things about Zoom that we all use now is that we can, we are all across the country. Um, you know, I have friends on both coasts from JYCM and it's really exciting that everyone has all these different perspectives and ideas. Um, so why JYCM? You know, there are plenty of secular thing, movements um, but we really believe that as American Jews, we have an obligation to fight injustice everywhere. Uh, as Nigel just referenced, um, I put it in my presentation too, um, the famous Jewish text, Pirkei Avot teaches us that we are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are we free to desist from it. And our community has not yet fully risen to this challenge. We're not sitting and waiting around because we're the leaders we've been waiting for. We are building the first American Jewish youth-led climate movement while being inspired and supported by Hazem. Um, so how are we doing this, right? Those are all really lofty goals. Um, so here are our projects and campaigns. Um, our main way that we're doing things right now is through our national leadership board. That's that picture that I showed a few slides ago of the 25 kits. Um, so we're all across the country and we're, we work together in sub teams, um, actions and advocacy, um, public relations and communications. Um, and that's kind of how we organize most of our work. Um, and within that, we also have an executive board and that's the nine high school seniors. Um, so we get to do a lot of the bigger picture thinking about JYCM and setting a lot of our goals. Um, over the summer, we had um, a environmental fellowship program where we had 20 classes led by um, really amazing thinkers and leaders um, Jewishly and environmentally and sometimes both. Um, and we learned a lot and we became certificated. Um, we also participated in the Hazon rides. Um, so we raised over $7,000 and spent time outside and built community along the way. Uh, we were also involved, we also just finished our first campaign. It was called the Chagim campaign. Um, we ran it all across the holidays and um, we wanted to spread, we spread our message and did education and learned a whole lot of new and exciting things. Um, we also did a lot of get out the vote work. Uh, we know that this election is really crucial and we want 
to mobilize our own communities and help other people too. So we partnered with Dayenu, which is another climate organization um, and some other youth uh, Jewish organizations like Keshet and USY and Nifty um, and did some text banking and phone banking that was really meaningful. We also have Kfutzot, which are like groups and chapters um, that we're starting that are more on the ground and like geographically located. So right now we have three that we're just building um, in Chicago, Oklahoma, and Massachusetts, but there are certainly more to come. Um, and right now we're starting to launch the storytelling campaign. Um, this, we know that one of the most important ways to um, mobilize our communities and to really make people feel the stakes of this crisis is by using public narrative. So we're really excited to tell our stories. Um, so here's some pictures of some of the exciting things that we do. Um, on the right here is everyone at our phone baking event. Um, here is a picture of one of our leadership board meetings. And of course, we love to spend time outside and go to climate strikes, COVID, you know, appropriately. This was a, a lot that was last year. Um, so now I'm going to show you this video about why you should join JYCM. Um, except I think that my I'm going to I'm going to stop and then I'm going to start again because I don't think my audio will share. part of JYCM because the climate crisis is the fight of our time and we need to do everything in our power to mitigate its worst effects. I wanted to create a platform for Jewish teens all over the world to connect, feel empowered, and advocate for our earth, create change. I joined the Jewish Youth Climate Movement because I wanted to build a new Jewish community dedicated to environmentalism. I'm excited to make change with other Jewish teens who are passionate about the same issues as I am. I joined JYCM because I feel like it's my responsibility to do tikkun olam, to repair the world. I joined JYCM because I was tired of being disappointed of what the leaders of our earth have been doing to actually initiate positive change for the environment. I joined JYCM because it created a space where other teens with similar interests to me had the ability to create change together. I have become more interested lately in trying to find intersections between Judaism and other parts of my identity, and one of them is caring about the environment. It perfectly combines Judaism and climate change, which are two things I'm very passionate about. As a teenager, it can be difficult to make a difference, especially since environmentalism is such a broad topic. I really want to grow as a leader and make the world a better place, and I hope that being a part of JYCM can help me do that. Two things I've always been super passionate about and involved with are uh, my Judaism and environmental justice work, and JYCM is an amazing opportunity to bring both those things together and work with a bunch of other awesome, passionate youth. We need everybody uh, fighting against the climate crisis, um, and that means mobilizing our Jewish communities to join the fight with us. I was sick of the lack of action that there has been due to um, the climate crisis and I want to join an organization that helps solve the crisis that we are facing. Judaism can help us really, um, can be a unique aid to fighting climate change. Climate change is one of the biggest issues affecting young people today and down the line and I think that it's very important that we bring a responsible uh, and effective climate change legislation and that we get it passed and that we start working on the problem. You know, there's kind of been two really big parts of my identity for a while, which has been my Jewish identity and connecting with my culture and uh, and protesting and organizing people to stand up for what I know is right. And this seemed to be just an incredible way to bring those two parts of me together uh, in a really powerful way. almost everyone on our national leadership board talking about why JYCM is so important and so meaningful to all of us. Um, and yeah, so moving on, um, as everyone here knows, I'm sure, um, the election is really soon. Um, and we feel like at JYCM, it's our responsibility to take part in it, even though most of us are not yet eligible to vote. Um, 
this election is really a moment of reckoning for our worlds and it's our responsibility to do everything we can to help fix this. Um, so just an ask from me and from everyone to call your friends and family who you think might, be, might not be voting. And if you can help get out the vote, canvassing, phone making and text banking are all so important. Um, I myself am not old enough, but I know that what's even more important than my vote is me helping all kinds of other people um, vote. So we're all in this together and every race and every vote is really important. Um, so a little bit about how you can get involved if you're interested. Um, please follow, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Jewish Youth Climate Movement. Um, if you know someone in middle or high school who you think might be interested, please tell them to send us an email, jycm at hazone.org. Um, and if you're connected to a Jewish institution like synagogue, youth group, or school, tell them they should start a JYC on Food Staff. They can also email us. Um, you can also come to our virtual events, which are on our website, jewishyouthclimatemovement.org. Um, and if you feel so inclined, make a donation, bit.ly slash support JYCM. Uh, thank you so much. If you have any questions, you can also email us. That's all I've got. Tali, I want to say, I want to say a big thank you to you for that. And I want to share with everybody that this is the, the second time in, in three days that we've had leaders from the leadership board of JYCM on a panel. One of Tally's friends was on the first ever panel at the weekend at the GA, the General Assembly of the Federation System on Climate Crisis. Um, and it's really, um, it, it, it just feels so important, the work that has begun this year. And I just want to thank you. Um, and I want to thank all of your friends and all of the people who are building this. And Leanna, I want to thank you too. And I think what I want to say, by the way, is that I'm going to, we're going to, um, uh, I'm going to go to Becky and then Ren and then Hannah. Um, but then we'll take uh, uh, questions if people have. I think we're going to do that at the end. Um, but you'll have a chance to ask a question back to, um, to Tally then. So I want to, uh, I want to go over to Becky O'Brien. Um, and Becky's director of food and climate at Chazan. She led our work in Boulder, Colorado for a long time, which is where she comes to us from. And we wanted to invite Becky particularly to talk, to talk about the, the Brit Chazan. But Becky, you might end up talking about some of the work around food and climate particularly as well. But in any case, friends, Becky O'Brien. Thank you. And thank you, Tali. I loved every second of that. That was really uh, great. And thank you all for being here. I would like to take a moment. I don't know if you've done it already, but it's really helping me when I'm on screens to really look around and just make a little bit of eye contact with the people here. Uh, I'm so grateful to the Israel writers who are for years and years have been this like core group of like Hazon leaders that are just really behind so much that is successful with this organization. So just thank you for your commitment in doing that. And I'm so sorry that you're not on a bike in Israel right now. So, um, but with that, I will share my screen with you and dive into a little bit about the Burrito Zone. And we are excited to be introducing it. So the fancy uh, animation there because this is a pretty much a brand new program for Hazan. We came out of our strategic plan a couple of years ago, identifying that we really wanted to do, provide some more opportunities for individuals to really take action and make a difference. To not, to, to coming to our food conference is wonderful. Being part of our Adama or Joppy Fellowship is really terrific. Being a leader of a SEAL site, running a Tubish Fat Seder, there's so many wonderful things that you can do. But there was something really kind of missing there. And we wanted people to be making commitments to make change. And so we've been having this idea of a breed zone batting around. And we really wanted to give people something concrete that they could commit to. And so that's what we brought here. But I'm going to warm myself up first. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but that's really not what this is about. I just want to share that I've just had my own really reckoning. I've been doing environmental work for 25-ish years, and this year it feels entirely different to me. And I live in Colorado, and we've been having record-breaking drought, record-breaking heat, record-breaking wildfires that are burning right now, uh, some of them only 30, 40 miles from my house. And it's so real now. 
climate change has been a thing that for so long, it's like, we've got to stop it from coming in my mind, at least. And it's, it's just, it's here. And I don't share this with you because you don't believe it or you don't get it. That's not who's on this call. But to just share that I've had a pretty profound pivot around my sense of urgency around this, the one that Tali and all those um, youth leaders were just sharing about that they have as well. And that's happening for me in a new way. And if it's happening for you too, I encourage you to add this to the way that you are talking about this with the people in your life, um, because they're experiencing it too. Wherever people are right now, they're really feeling the changes and this is hitting us in a new, a different way. And when we wanna to talk to people about changing their behavior, we, are uh, I think having a warmer audience than we've had before. So Jonathan Safran Forward teaches in his book, We Are the Weather. Is there anything more narcissistic than believing that the choices you make don't affect anyone, only one that, don't, that they affect everyone? It's that believing in the choices you make affect no one. And I first hear that and I start to think, oh God, so much responsibility and guilt. And then I think of Granny Haddock, Granny D who was an activist who in her 80s walked across the country, walked across the United States in her 80s to raise awareness about the issues she cared about. And she talks about how lucky we are to live in this time. Oh, be joyful that you are a warrior in this great time where the choices we make, where the efforts, the efforts that we make really make a difference. And so I go from feeling like, oh, and guilt and whatever to like, oh, right, <laughs> I have so much power. And that's really exciting for me. And the Brita Zone is about tapping in to people using that power. It's a commitment to change. And we have six commitments that people can make that they can commit to for six weeks. And these are the commitments that you can select from. And once you pick a commitment, we have a commitment like reduce food waste. And okay, reduce food waste. So you could like throw away one less thing and be done. Well, no, it's a commitment. And then we're gonna give you some specific actions. So when you go to hazon.org slash breed, and you click on say, I'm interested in maybe reducing my food waste. What you'll see here are six options, technically seven if you wanna create your own, but we've created six specific actions that you can choose. So you don't have to think, how do I do this? What does this look like? We give you very specific ideas and you pick one, two, or three of those actions that you're gonna to stick to for the next six weeks. And then, I'll go back. And so you'll commit to those for six weeks. And on the website, you'll see it says, trust your senses. You'll hit that little plus or hit the trust your senses and open up. And what it talks about is how food labeling, labeling in this country is not standardized at all. So you have Best Buy, Sell Buy, Eat Buy, Prepare Buy, all these fresh buy dates. And everybody thinks those are expiration dates and tons, literally tons and tons of food is being thrown away every day actually millions of tons every year that uh, just that have just an expiration date. The food itself isn't bad, but someone saw Best Buy and tossed it. So this is about learning how to trust your senses and know whether food has gone bad or not through smell, through taste, through just looking at it and not blindly just seeing a date and throwing it out. So that's one specific example of something that you can do to stop wasting as much food. And so one commitment, one to three actions, and then commit for six weeks. And so before we launched this out into the world, we actually went through some testing to make sure this program was set up well, that our strategy and thinking behind it would actually work. And we got some really powerful feedback. And it seems like a small thing, but people were really telling us, the fact that I made this commitment that I just said on the internet somewhere, hey, I'm gonna do this it changed their behavior. Those were the reports people shared. I experimented more. I was about to give up and then remembered that I said I was gonna do this and so I didn't. And one person explained to us, the Breed Has Own is an opportunity to help our earth in the best ways possible. Breed Has Own educates us about our planet and helps us as individuals to become habituated, to go step-by-step step to get us closer to the goal of sustaining our world. It brings us back to the original beginning where we are entrusted to use our earth in a careful manner, which I thought was really beautiful. So what happens is you sign up for the brief and you'll, you're gonna get a series of six emails, a weekly email 
that has Jewish wisdom, resources connecting you to organizations and other things that are already available to support you in doing the action you did, some tips and education around why this is an environmentally impactful thing to be doing, and connecting to the community, the wider community that are doing this. This is becoming a movement. We are gonna have thousands of people participating in the Brita Zone, all of you among them, I trust. And we're joining with millions of others around the world that are taking this time seriously. Hazon teaches that we are facing a global climate crisis and just tradition compels us to respond. Just tradition doesn't compel us to sit around and talk about it, to moan and kvetch about it, but to respond, to take action. And that's what the Breed Hazon is for. And so I hope that you will sign up and that you will join us in being part of the solution. You certainly already are by being part of the Israel ride. And so please do consider signing up for the Breathe Hazon, spreading the word. We're having a soft launch now. We're kind of letting it out into the world and letting the election dominate the, the general mindset of everybody. And this, this winter, as we start going into the new year, people are thinking about resolutions. We're gonna be really shouting this from the rooftops, but it is open now and you can sign up at any time and spread the word. And always we welcome your input on your experience with it as well. We'd love to share your stories, get your feedback, et cetera. So be in touch, I'm Becky at hazone.org if you have questions. And as Nigel said, I'm also our director of food and climate and we work really hard to make people start to understand the connections between their food choices and climate change. And so you'll see that two of those commitments were transitioning to plant-rich diets and reducing food waste. And those are two super powerful actions that we can be taking. And I don't just say that because I'm the director of food and climate. Project Drawdown, one of the preeminent climate research organizations in the world has done the research from academics and research researchers from around the world. And these are the the, these are in the top five actions that we can be taking and actually reducing food waste and plant-rich diets are actually numbers one and three. And so it, it's not just like, oh, we think it's a good idea. We really know this can make a really big difference. So please do sign up and thank you again. I'm so glad you're here. Nice to see you all. Becky, thank you for that. Really, really, really thank you. Um, so, so I wanna use this also as a segue now to go from Becky to Ren. Um, Becky began by running, running the work that we were doing in Boulder, Colorado. And Boulder is a small enough community that we've really driven systemic change there over the last eight years. And if you step into Jewish life in Boulder today, it's different than it was 10 years ago. Boulder has the first JCC in North America to have opened with a working organic farm a working educational farm as part of it. Um, and that arose directly out of our work. You can join the local conservative shul and it has davening, which shuls have, and education, which shuls have, but it also has chickens and goats, which most shuls don't have. Um, but it was partly based on the work there that the Detroit Jewish community got in touch with us and said, we've started to see what Chazan has been doing in other parts of the country. Could you guys come to town and start to bring whatever it is that you do to bear here to help us connect the city and the suburbs, the Jewish community and the African-American community to use work around sustainability and food to create genuinely a better community for everybody and to strengthen Jewish life in the process. And so I'm happy now to hand over to Ren Hack Ren has been leading our work in Detroit for the last, I think, three years, two, three years. Um, and, and, and the work that's going on in Detroit at this point is doubly significant. There has been systemic work in moving forwards the Chazon Seal of Sustainability and launching different projects in different places. But it's also been a strong year this year in a post-COVID response because Ren and our team there swiveled to really make a difference on the ground. So Ren, I'm happy to hand over to you to talk a little bit about what you and Chazan Detroit have been up to. Thank you, Nigel. Uh, I will say that uh, one thing I will correct you is we didn't ask you to come to uh, Detroit. We actually begged you. And I was in on one of those initial meetings and it was like, just come please. Um, and so we are so grateful 
that Hazone um, did create a space in um, Detroit because it has been able to do so much good. And we have now been here for uh, just under five years and we have grown our seal of sustainability to 27 sites. Next year, we will get to 40. Um, we have done tremendous amount of education, raising awareness. When Hazon first arrived, people asked like, why, really? And now they get it. They understand the need for an organization to be on the ground, to be there to guide organizations to be greener, to, to take action. Uh, as Nigel pointed out, one of our issues this year was the pandemic. Uh, it arrived and with it, the, uh, a whole slew of problems came with it, um, primarily food insecurity. We literally saw one week into the pandemic issues of hunger and they were not my my first view of it is we had gotten a call from a warehouse we had done some food rescue prior to the pandemic hit, uh, hitting us and when i say food rescue i mean that we actually would get a call from a caterer after a, a b'nai mitzvah and say hey we've got extra prepared food come and come and grab it and we would pick it up and we would give it to those that we knew could use it. When, when pan the pandemic hit, we were getting calls from actual warehouses who said, listen, food has been in the system, it's been ordered, it's arrived, it has no place to go. And it was there that I met two young women who were post-college age, who had been out of work for one week and already looking for food. And it hit me at that point that like, wow, we're gonna have a real problem. And for Hazone, especially in Hazone Detroit, which is the lab of sustainability, we needed to get to most our most sustainable base, which for us was let's deal with the hunger. And Becky, you, you fed me the line of, in terms of reducing waste, we have not only been able to feed so many people, but we've also been able to reduce waste because what we've done is do food rescue. And I'm gonna share my screen, I hope. Uh, let's see, whoopsie. I'm sorry, I apologize. I've been driving a truck far more than I've been working on a computer. And ah, there we go. Okay. And there we go. Okay. So for us, food rescue has meant so many things and it's involved so many people. This has has been a movement that that began with a few people and now has hundreds and hundreds. And the Jewish community has, has become so involved in this. The, the pictures you're about to see are a myriad of shots of, of different pieces and different portals that we've entered the food systems with. Uh, just last week on the, on the top picture, uh, you see a freezer full of food we ended up, we had seven volunteers come to a campfire girls camp that was donated to us. It was a certified kitchen and with rescued food, that is dried beans, tomatoes, hamburger, uh, banana nut mix, uh, chicken. We were able to make over 600 pounds of food that can then get out to pantries. Uh, the picture, to the right of that is, is food that we're actually rescuing from box stores. Three times, at least a minimum of three times a week, we get into a truck. And in fact, you can see it on the bottom. Uh, it's a truck that we receive through a grant through United Way. And we go to a box store and they fill it with three pallets. And we then distribute it to over, we're now at over 45 pantries throughout four counties. And 
when I, when I tell you, these aren't just pantries that have been established and are just simply, um, we're adding to what they have. These are pantries that are literally pop up. They are pantries that have been created out of people's garages, out of people's front lawns. Here you see on the, on the bottom right is um, a woman by the name of April. She literally started on her front lawn in Redford, Michigan. And she has grown to the point that she now is working at the local high school. Uh, the neighbors started complaining because the lines were so ridiculously long that um, she's moved to the, the back of the football field and um, we were able to deliver her food to. Uh, the bottom, bottom left is Temple Israel, which is the largest reformed congregation in the country. They, were, they had had an ongoing pantry serving 80, 80 cars, 80 families, um, every like first and third of the month to, uh, on a Tuesday. They've jumped to 280 cars. When I was there last week, it looked like the high holidays. There was not a space, an open space in that parking lot. We brought them just last week, 8,000 pounds of food. That didn't include all the food that Forgotten Harvest, which is one of our res um, rescue organizations, defined rescue organizations. We don't consider ourselves defined. We are just simply answering the call. Um, so, it's the need is, is immense. Um, I, I, but fortunately, I would say there is no need for anyone to be hungry in this area. Um, we are fortunate enough that enough people have gathered together. We ourselves have collected, have rescued over 270,000 pounds of food since just the end of June. And that's food that would have been thrown away and put into the landfills, as Becky talked about. We are literally diverting. All the food you see here is food that would have, especially those bottom pictures, that, the, that was food picked up from, from grocery stores that was going to go into the trash. The food in the, in the pictures above is food that has been donated. Shoals have now created uh, outdoor um, food donation sites that you can just simply drop off. We've had other shows who've actually created pantries on their own. Um, one such temple, Cole and me, started out with four families. And they're like, oh, please, this, you know, this is, this is not really a need. And I said, please trust me, just, just do it, just try it. They now serve over 60 with a waiting list of over 20. And we are their sole supporter. So every, every week we bring them food. So that's, this, is, this is one way that we have, we have pivoted. Another one was something we started immediately, which was called Relief Gardens. We recognized people had the ability to grow and it's in our mission. It's in, within Hazon for us to connect to the earth. People were home being quarantined. What a great way of being able to get them outside, working in the ground and providing food, we believed mainly for themselves. So we, we have serviced over 450 families with compost, seeds, even grow bags in the fall, soil, whatever they needed along with education. A lot of people had never gardened before. What we discovered is we, again, we thought, oh, people are gonna grow for themselves and you know, maybe a little bit extra they'll, they'll give to the pantries, thankfully. What we found out is so many people had to grow actually for their own purposes or their neighbor's needs. And that was when we realized again, like, wow, this, this is bigger than we thought. Um, but what we, what we found is we are now at the end of the growing season, thousands of pounds were donated to our local pantries and thousands of pounds were grown to feed families. On, in the um, bottom, you, on the bottom of the, of the slide, you see we took over summer in the city. Uh, they had a hoop house that they weren't using. 
So Hazon Detroit took it over and began growing there and was able to serve the neighborhoods uh, around that, that hoop house with food. The middle picture is hugely impactful. Uh, Farber Farms belongs to Tamarack Camps, one of our Jewish overnight camps. Obviously this year they were not able to open, but what they did do is they gave, they agreed to keep their farm running. We supported them with, with tools and, and um, wash, vegetable wash that they needed. And every week we've been able to drive up, it's, it's about 45 minutes north of here and get garbage bags full of vegetables. Uh, to the right, you'll see we also, we partnered with Big Green, which may, some of you may recognize. It is the organization that Kimball, um, I just lost it, yeah, Elon uh, Musk, Kimball Musk, Elon Musk's brother. He created this philanthropic organization, which puts gardens into schools and is able to use education to uh, raise awareness on uh, growing as well as the nutritional value of fresh vegetables. All those schools were closed. We have many of those um, gardens in our area, but the schools were closed and those gardens were laying fallow. We were able to talk with them, partner with them, provide them with seeds, any distribution, and they were able to get 15 gardens going and serve the community. And it was, again, huge. Uh, our other huge pivot, many of you know Detroit provides a food festival every year. Uh, typically, you know, 7,000 people come together and have a super time learning about sustainability and organizations in our, in our community who are doing wonderful work. We couldn't do that this year. And so Hazon Detroit, uh, especially with Marla, who's on, in the, um, on the left, came up with an idea of let's put food festival in a box. We have so many businesses, small businesses that are doing great, great work, creating great sustainable products that don't have the venue to sell. And so we purchased the product. We provided people with the opportunity to buy baskets. We had over 28 uh, or, uh, businesses provide products for the, for the baskets. And we, had, we sold over 180 of them, providing value, needed revenue to those businesses. Over $22,000 was able to go back to the businesses. And for some, that actually meant remain, being able to remain open for another month. So it was, it was huge, it was fun, um, it was crazy but it was, um, it was just a way of thinking and innovating and creating something different in a time of crisis. And I think that's so much of, of Hazone's capability and what we're, what we're so good at, whether it's the, the brief Hazone or the youth climate action, we're able to respond to the needs that are happening now. And for that, I thank you so much. You, you guys, you riders, you lift us up and uh, thank you, truly. Ren, thank you very, very much indeed for that. Um, uh, thank you so much. Um, and, uh, and I wanna turn lastly now to Hannah Henzer. Hannah's director of our national programs and all of the things that you've learned about this evening and a bunch of others uh, feed up in a sense to the work that, that Hannah supervises. And I, 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 I note that, that when we learn first about the Jewish youth climate movement, it's particularly about young people and it's about leadership. And then Becky was talking about the Brit Hazan, which is about what any one of us can do in any place. And then Ren has been talking about what happens when you really apply force in a particular community and start to bring people together and bring institutions together. The frame that we have to drive this work systematically over the American Jewish community in the next five or 10 years is the Chazon Seal of Sustainability. And I wanna ask Hannah, uh, Hannah, come on board to introduce yourself and to tell us particularly about the Chazon Seal. 
Thank you, Nigel. Absolutely. And, and thank you, Ren and Becky and, um, and Tali and, and Liana so much for, uh, for, for representing our programming really well. Um, as Nigel said, I'm Hannah Henza. I'm the Director of National Programs here at Hazon. Um, I, I sit in Greensboro, North Carolina in a little tiny house that my husband and I built about 250 square feet five years ago. And um, many people know this, but uh, if they know me, they know that you know, there's literally nothing else in this world that I would be doing with my life. Um, and so it's really great fun and a great pleasure to, to be here with you and, and to be doing this work. Um, as Nigel mentioned, and, and I'll go ahead and pull up, um, pull up my slides here. I've got just a brief presentation for you. But as Nigel mentioned, the Hazon seal is, uh, is one of the ways in which we really think about um, systemic change or, or communal change or creating, most importantly, I think, um, uh, movements in, in regions or, or areas across communities. Uh, it's a way that we have to, to really uh, garner action and support around creating a healthier, more equitable and more sustainable world for everyone. I think one of the ways that, uh, that Ren didn't touch on too much, but one of the ways that, that the Detroit community has become so successful is because they now have a network of over 27 institutions. We expect it to be almost 40 by the end of next year who are part of the Hazon Seal of Sustainability, who have committed to collectively and individually um, taking their organizations through a process of change, through a process of, of saying, we are standing up as a Jewish community to, to defend and to, uh, to promote and create a healthier, more equitable and sustainable world for everyone. And, and that's uh, something that, a model that we're seeing be successful uh, across the United States. So, what is the Hazon Seal? It is, uh, the, uh, it is a 12 month program designed to support organizations and communities working to create a healthier, more equitable, sustainable world. We do this by linking Jewish values to substantive action towards sustainability and climate centered goals. So it is not just uh, about solar panels and reducing food waste, it is that, but it is more about bringing Jewish life, uh, bringing Jewish tradition alive in a community who is, is thinking about the future, thinking about the past and thinking about the intersection of how all of these components to Jewish life are relevant to what we're doing today. Um, so we've been running this program for almost seven years. We have uh, almost hundred institutions across the, the country involved. Um, it has really taken off and, and grown to be quite something spectacular uh, and it has real impact. Right, like one institution said, one one synagogue said that they, you know, reduced their um, their energy and, uh, and and electric bill by about fifty percent just by taking some very simple, um, you know, upgrades and solutions that that we provided and suggested for them. That's not only real hard dollar savings for them, but that's also real impact, uh, real impact on on mitigating and minimizing our uh, sort of human impact on climate change. Um, another another Shul said, before being part of the SEAL program, our direction was scattered. We didn't know what we were doing. Our task force started uh, with the objective of making us more sustainable, but with so many buildings and departments, you know, that, that was tough. But once we joined the program, we had a much better understanding. We were able to create a roadmap to actually help us successfully figure out where to go next. So, you know, it, it has real impact, this, this thing that we do. Um, so what does it look like? How do you actually do it? Here's some talk lists for you. If, if you know anybody who's interested, you fill out a brief application. You just say, hey, I'm interested. Uh, we ask you a couple of questions about what brought you here? What are you hoping to get out of the program? Um, you form a green team. We truly believe that this work cannot be on the shoulders of one person. It must be and, and often succeeds best when you have a team surrounding you. So we really encourage and we have lots of resources to help folks sort of create a committee or a team to, to support them in this work wherever they are. And then we have you sign a letter of agreement. This has to be signed by an executive director or a board chair. It's someone who really can say, I have the authority uh, on behalf of this organization to really commit, to really commit to the, the change that we're about to undertake and, and that we are going to incorporate it into the fabric of what we are doing. From there, you get to the really fun stuff. Um, we have some comprehensive audits that you get to take that have been developed through 
a, a process we um, have worked with a number of professionals across the sustainability field to, to create. You choose a few projects between that, it should actually say between one and three, depending on how substantial your project is. And then you complete that over the course of 12 months with the support of either a regional or a national cohort, depending on how you're, uh, you're sort of grouped within the program, consultation calls, and then of course a year-end report. Um, and then we, we present you with your Hazone seal. You've earned it. You get to hang it up, you get to enjoy it, you get to show it off. Um, some additional things that we think are fun, uh, like I mentioned, the, the certification program, uh, when we have them available and uh, we have a mini grant program that really kickstarts some of these initiatives, um, synagogue schools, JCCs, they come to us and they say, we have an idea. And we say, great, you know, uh, when we have it available, we, we have some seed money to help you get that started. So we've seen that money go into everything from community solar initiatives to bioswales in your parking lot to, to, I mean, people don't think about what is your parking lot saying about and doing about um, your environmental impact, but there's real work that can be done there. Community gardens, um, educational programming, bringing in speakers or doing um, inf uh, informative campaigns for people to take lessons home with them. There's all sorts of different things that you can do. And then, uh, as I said, you're connected to a smaller group of like-minded um, like-minded organizations that we, uh, we give you access to. And then uh, through our online sort of proprietary portal, you have access to a, a Hazone SEAL social networking platform. So we've got groups and forums and you can read all about what each institution is doing, their projects, connect with people who are doing like-minded like or similar things from you uh, that you maybe never would have met. met. You know, we've got um, day schools in San Diego who are now having conversations with summer camps in Detroit. Like that, you know, it, it's difficult to meet those folks and, um, and meet those connections outside of this. Um, so a little bit more about our audits. They are the backbone of this program. They give you an understanding, a comprehensive understanding of how you are using energy and water, um, how you are managing your waste, what you're doing about food in, in your programming, in your institution, in your home, if that's where the, the um, organization is from. We've got a couple of Chabad houses who have joined. Um, and then education and advocacy. What are, you, what are you doing in your programming? How are you standing up for uh, the, the work that needs to happen in your community or on a state federal level, if that's what you choose to do? Um, and so we've got resources at every step of the way. When you take an audit, um, something really cool happens. You, you not only get a little letter grade, so you understand you know, where you are in the process. We don't let anyone fail. Uh, but it, it does give you kind of a sense of where you're at. Uh, and then we, we give you automatic suggestions. So based on your responses, if you say, you know, we've still, uh, our light bulbs are incandescent and we don't compost. Um, and this is just sort of a surface level example the audit will automatically say to you, the number one thing we recommend is that you change out your light bulbs. And here, not only do we tell you how to do that, but we've got resources for you and, and you can click right here to learn how are some affordable and manageable ways that you can do that and what the real impact might be of that. Same for compost. If you're like, holy crap, like I know I need to do something about all this food that we're throwing in the garbage, but that's like way beyond anything I know how to do. Click right here. We've got the resources for you. We can walk you through step by step by step. And when you stumble, we've got staff there who can support you in that process. Uh, so the audits really do provide sort of a, a great entry point for anyone who's thinking about, um, you know, starting on this sustainability journey. So I've, I've mentioned community cohorts a couple of times. Right now, we've got uh, cohorts in a couple different places. We've got Detroit, uh, I said 27 sites there. We have um, 11 sites in Chicago who are working together in the Denver, Colorado area that really should say Colorado, not just Denver. Um, we have 17 sites who work together very closely. And then uh, we have a national group of folks who are working from Boston to California to Florida, but they're doing really high intensity programming thinking globally with what they're doing. And so we've been able to sort of network them together. Um, moving forward, we are already in the process of creating a JYCM cohort. It's, this is perhaps the most exciting thing that we are doing right now. Uh, 
for Tali mentioned that, you know, JYCM have Kibbutzah, they have local chapters that you can start. And we have a, we have a special program for JYCM chapters. Um, if you join as a chapter of JYCM, you automatically have an invitation and, and an open door to the Hazon seal. And so we're, we're linking from the, the energy and the enthusiasm of these teens, they are actually getting their institutions to join on board agree to take on these sustainability initiatives and really move forward um, concrete change in their in their local communities and we're linking them together we already have five who have enrolled in the program and we expect many more uh, soon so that that'll be a really nice program for us in the near future um, food and climate I wanted to mention in particular because Becky O'Brien who is on this call is um, is going to be staffing that and that's uh, we're recruiting for that now. It's it's for schools or schools or any institution who want to do the sustainability work specifically through the way that they think about food. Food is so accessible. It is a way that is it is just an open door, an invitation for people. You you have to eat three four times a day, and and it is a way to really think about the connection between your choices, your organization, your community. And the greater world, the greater um, the greater impact that you can have. And of course, there's a, an incredible amount of Jewish connection there. Uh, we're in conversations with Hillel, Repair the World, Atlanta, New York City. We've got sites in all of these places. We have Hillels, we have repair houses, we have sites in Atlanta, we have sites in New York City, and they're super excited about thinking about um, you know creating cohorts and and sort of networking themselves together. So that feels very exciting. Uh, there is some cost involved. You can find out more about this on our website, but I just wanted to highlight that operating costs um, run for from $180 to $3,600 a year, depending on your size. And we will never turn anyone away if, uh, if an institution says, you know, we really want to participate, but we just don't have the budget. We're never going to say, you know, that's, that's not for you. We're going to welcome everyone in who, um, who is committed to being part of this process with open arms. Um, so, Last, uh, if you want to know more, we have a brand new website. It's very exciting, seal.hazon.org. You can find any information you need about, um, about application, about the program. We have great frequently asked questions for folks who are still aren't sure what the heck they're looking at, um, contact form, anything uh, like that. We, we're totally happy to, to point you in that direction and to answer any questions you might have. And then with that, I'll stop my share um, and I'll hand it back to Nigel. Hannah Henza, humongous thank you. Everybody who spoke, humongous thank you. Um, we have strong and passionate staff members and volunteers and it's because of that that we ran slightly over time. Um, I, I don't want to end without taking one question but we're like right at the end so I'm going to take one quick question if there is one and then I'm going to say a couple of very last sentences to wrap. And I can't see how to do this, but just if you have a quick question, unmute yourself. I also want to recognize at the end, I meant to do this at start, the Honorable Sir Richard Slutsky, who is not merely a strong bike rider and multi-year Israel ride alum, but is also Khazan's board chair and a dear friend. And hi, Richard. Yes, one question from anybody on anything. Going once, going twice. So the last thing I think I, I just want to say is just to put this all together, something that we've started to say recently because it really hit us. Think about people who said 50 or 60 or 70 years ago, why can't a girl have a bat mitzvah? Why can't a woman be a rabbi? Why should women be paid any less than men for doing the same job? And what's interesting is that it was a lot of people and a lot of organizations over a multi-decadal period, both within and beyond the Jewish community. But if you step into any Jewish institution today for a girl or a boy or anybody else, it is different than it was 50 years ago. That level of change across the whole sweep of organized Jewish life, that's what we have to do around climate. And we don't have 50 years to do it. We really have the next 10. And what you've seen today are specific examples of Chazan's general proposition and our clear focus now for the next 10 years. Next week, it's the election. 
On January the 20th, a new president will be inaugurated. On January the 28th, it's Tubishvat. This year, we want Tubishvat to launch a process of ongoing change for the Jewish community. By the end of the Shemitah year in September 2022, we want a significant number of Jewish institutions to have committed to a process of seven-year change, to look at the power that we use, the food that we serve, the advocacy that we do, the education that we deliver. And through the Israel Ride, through the money that has been raised by the Israel Ride, and also through Israel Ride alumni who've come back and gone to their shul and their federation and be like, I just said about this organization, Chazam, I think we need to be doing something. Through that process, change is now accelerating across the American Jewish community. So I want to thank um, every one of you for joining us here on Zoom. I want to thank those of you who have joined us on Facebook. I want to thank those of you who may see this subsequently. I want to thank everybody who attended, everybody who spoke, everybody who participated in the Israel Ride, everybody who sponsors somebody, and to all of you, may we be blessed genuinely to work to make a more sustainable Jewish community and a healthier, more sustainable and a more equitable world for everybody. Thank you. Laila Tov. Thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you, Lana and Sarah.